Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway. And it is the day we talk about the Tri-State Veterans, and Richard Elson Peter is here. And uh, he's also got a guest joining us via the phone lines, who, of course, I did not know. So I'm so confused, and Quaid is so confused, and we're all so confused. But that's great, because Richard knows what's going on, and that's all that's important. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Mary. Okay, and let's introduce our guest via the phone lines now. Her name is Modi Lavin, right? Modi Lavin. She okay. is a fantastic individual. Uh, she works with the uh, Road Home Program at Rush University. Uh, she is a fantastic individual, a fantastic resource. And I just wanted, I'm very, very proud that we we're able to get her on um, air with us today to talk about the Road Home Program. Okay. So. Well, welcome. Can you hear us? Modi. I certainly can, Mary, and thank you for having me. Well, you have the most unusual name. Let's get to that right away. What <laughs> in the world, what does Modi stand for? Is that a nickname or is that your full name? Okay, are you ready? It is a nickname. Um, my full name is Modwine, M-O-D-W-E-N-E. This is a very old Gaelic name for Maureen. Um, so uh, thank God they shortened it to something a little easier. So I go by Modi. Okay. So you're a good Gaelic lass. Well, we love that. Okay. (laughs) Irish, Irish lady all the way through. Well, Richard, um, is listening now with his headphones plugged in. And first of all, I want to thank you for the service of your son. You're a gold star mother. Your son, Corporal Connor Lowry, uh, died in Afghanistan in 2012. We we are sorry for your loss, but thank him for his service. Um, tell us a little bit about the Road Home Program and how you're involved in that. Oh, wonderful. And thank you for that, Mary. It means a lot to me that um, not only my Connor, but all are remembered. So I appreciate your acknowledgement. And yes, I'm so uh, thrilled that Richard invited me here to talk about the Road Home Program. Um, it is a mental health clinic located in Chicago at Rush University Medical Center. And we also have a satellite clinic in Effingham, Illinois. Um, and we specifically serve veterans and their family members struggling with our invisible wounds of war, Um, post-traumatic stress, uh, anxiety, depression, and military sexual trauma. And we opened up our doors in 2014 and have continued to grow and succeed in treating veterans and um, our Illinois veterans, of course, are very important to us. So um, I'm very uh, grateful to be able to talk more about that on your show today. Well, this is great that you have a, a down down south in Effingham. That is fantastic. And uh, right. up north at Rush University, right there in the heart of Chicago. I imagine that people from our area here in the middle could choose either way to go, whatever's most convenient for them. But we're still struggling with access in so many ways. So thank you for having a downstate clinic as well and not just something in Chicago. Now, you're part of the Gold Star Mothers Group. And what is the importance of reaching out to veterans, especially those in our rural communities? Because you mentioned Effingham, a very 
rural area in downstate Illinois, not as easily accessible to things that Chicago has, although Chicago may have a lot, but if you don't know about it or can't get to it, it doesn't matter, does it? It's all about knowing what's available and knowing how to access it, and that's why we're glad to have you on, Modi. Absolutely. Well, here's what's a little different about the Road Home Program is we also have, and we're kind of known for this, Mary, is our two-week intensive outpatient program. And this is where we fly veterans in from all over the United States. And we this is at zero cost. And it's kind of condensing like these weekly therapy appointments, right, that you might go to over a nine-month period and condensing it into two weeks. And we really wanted to reduce barriers to care, okay, make sure there is a resource, especially for our rural veterans, to get somewhere and get treatment, gold standard evidence-based treatment um, in an environment without any distractions. And we have seen incredible success with this program. And it is available to our rural veterans, of course. And mind you, it it is, um, you know, regardless of their discharge status, um, we want to make sure um, that every veteran um, has access to this program. And outside of our two-week program, okay, we also have your traditional weekly therapy. Of course, you can access Effingham and our Chicago office, but we do it virtually. That telehealth component is, um, we find, has been very important in Illinois for those that um, just don't live close, right, to a, um, you know, a mental health clinic. And we totally understand, you know, with the exception of, like, Chicago, Peoria, and Champaign, the entire state of Illinois is located in behavioral health shortage zones, okay? And to really um, boost that and help, we would need to add, like, 225 mental health professionals in the state of Illinois to fill that gap, okay? So we are doing our best to make sure that the Road Home Program is accessible. The great thing about, I guess, uh, the pandemic, there's not much good about the pandemic, but one thing that did come out of it, we thought of different ways to deliver mental health to folks instead of face-to-face. But, of course, if you're looking at a screen and you develop a relationship with a therapist, even though they're not there physically to touch you, even though they're not going to hold your hand literally, they're there with their soothing words. They're there with their advice. They're there with their, uh, you know, unbiased opinion about how to move forward with problems that veterans are having. And this has probably been a leap forward for people to get mental health. Uh, because now they don't have to travel. They can if they want to. And we'll talk a little right. bit more about those two-week programs that are more in-house. You have to go up there and make that commitment. But if you just want to hop on with the virtual telehealth, the road home at Rush University or down in Effingham can be part of what is happening. So I guess the first thing I want to ask is you must have a limit to how many people you can take. So how would somebody listening here Uh, access this and become part of this with a telehealth option? 
absolutely. Um, we do we do not have capacity, um, but based on how many calls maybe we are getting, the wait time could be effective. Um, but it's never anything exorbitant where they would want to seek elsewhere. Um, but how they would reach us is simply go to our website, which is www.roadhomeprogram.org, or they can call 312-942-8387, and they can start the intake. Okay. So do you have to be referred from the VA or anything like that? Absolutely not. Okay. And you mentioned regardless of status. Do you mean like dishonorably discharged or people that maybe left under not the best circumstances? Are they eligible for this kind of help? They are 100% eligible, and you said that correctly. Regardless of discharge status, you are eligible for the Road Home Program. We're really trying to fill in those gaps where maybe um, they wouldn't be eligible at the VA. Um, and we work very closely with our VA providers um, because this two-week program is such an incredible resource for them, right? Um, but we also know that some of these veterans can fall through the crack simply because of a discharge status. Um, and so, yes, you are eligible for the Road Home Program. Well, that's good to know because, you know, I don't know much about the military, but I do know that Sometimes people struggle in the military. You know, they can't deal with the discipline. They can't deal with the orders. Uh, they may go AWOL if they don't like an assignment, things like that. Uh, and these are young people generally, you know, young men and women. So, you know, if they were out in regular society, they might be lawbreakers as well. So, But that doesn't mean that they're not trying to serve, and it doesn't mean that they don't have wounds from serving, and they need to get some help with that woundedness. I'm curious uh Modi Lavin your son passed away your son died uh defending our country um mm-hmm. so you don't have much do you have any personal experience with people coming back from war that are emotionally wounded i mean you've obviously got the fatal wounding of your son but what got you so interested in this as a gold star mother that what a great question mary and um i'll tell you that um when my son's uh, unit returned from Afghanistan um, several months after his passing, I um, was flown out to Camp Pendleton for a memorial service with his unit. And it's there I really realized um, how affected they were, that this grief didn't just belong to me. This trauma didn't just belong to me and my family, that his fellow brothers and sisters were deeply affected. And it's there I saw that invisible wound of war. And I think, you know, your natural mother instincts kick in. And I kind of knew then that I really wanted to do something to help veterans. Um, And lucky me, I um, came into the Road Home Program And we are changing and saving lives. And I've been with them since 2015. Um, And it's it's just a a wonderful place to work. Who funds all of this? This must cost a fortune. Right, it does. Um, We are philanthropically funded. We are not funded by the government. 
um, our main funder donor for this intensive outpatient program I had mentioned earlier comes from Wounded Warrior Project. Okay, and collectively we call it the Warrior Care Network. And they have fund four of our sites to do this intensive outpatient work. Um, so we have, of course, Rush University in Chicago with the Road Home Program. We also have Operation MEND at UCLA on the West Coast, uh, the Veterans Program in Atlanta, Georgia at Emory University, and at Mass General Harvard on the East Coast in Boston. We have uh, Home Base, they call it. Wow, so this is all over the country that you're providing this kind of help. I also see here that you've got some corporate sponsors. Uh, Chicago Bears had a big victory yesterday, and it looks like the Bears the Bears uh, like to support your cause. So does Molson and Coors and a wonderful grocery store. We don't have it down here, but Jewel Osco up in the Chicagoland area and the Chicago Park District, they're all on board. Uh, helping coordinate these projects for the road home. So uh, you've got a, a pretty diverse donor base there, a pretty diverse group of people. Right. Well, who those are, are donors. Uh, the Chicago Bears is a donor. Um, they help, um, yes, and they are very interested in making sure our families are included. Um, so uh, they donate, and so does Nelson Coors, but those are mainly our partners, too. They like to do events with us um, because that's an important piece of the outreach at the Road Home Program is getting out into our communi- communities and um, hosting events in partnership to um, attract veterans and let them know that the Road Home Program is here. Um, that is probably the hardest part of our job is making sure everybody knows this resource is available. So we do it, and we do it with people like Richard, who's yeah. on the line here. Yeah, um, let's get and- Richard involved in this. Uh, Richard, if you can tell me the Chicago Bears are coming to Quincy to put on an event, I, I, I'm all on that, uh, baby. I'm all over that. <laughs> I will see what I can work on. <laughs> my husband, uh, Modi, my husband's nickname is Bears Fan. Uh, and this morning, oh, I yeah, love it. <laughs> and this morning, because the Bears may never win another game all year, we did play Super Bowl Shuffle. Just the, Today is the anniversary of Super Bowl Shuffle coming out all those many years ago. So uh, Bears fans 38 years ago really had something to crow about. But it's so nice to have um, people who are young like that, who are family-oriented like that, because this is a treatment for the veteran. But in a sense, this is a treatment for the whole family. You talk about the road home. Obviously, that's named because you're trying to get these veterans back integrated into some semblance of what their family life is, whether that's their, you know, their parents and their siblings or whether that's their spouses and their children. What are some of those um, obstacles that you found, you know, in dealing with your son's compadres and others? What are some of the obstacles that are so hard for those who come out of military service to reintegrate back into the home society? Right. And before I kind of answer that, I do want to clarify our title. The Road Home Program is the Center of Excellence for Veterans and their families. Okay, so when I was talking earlier about our telehealth and our clinics, uh, family members are included, too. A lot of times, Mary, we will see uh, family members before we see the veteran. 
we understand that these invisible wounds of war affect the whole family, okay? And we let the veteran identify family as they would want, okay? Sometimes family to them is their best friend, okay? Or maybe a grandparent, their parents, a uh, husband, a wife, a partner, girlfriend, boyfriend. We also see their children. So I want to make that clear that this is available um, to veterans and the family members. Yeah, that's very important because, again, it's they're trying to integrate back into a work relationship, mm-hmm. uh, a spousal relationship, a relationship with their children, with their siblings, with their own parents. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here. And, um, right. you know, I think it's very difficult to understand, and Richard has talked about this a lot being on my show every month. Veterans want to talk to veterans. Uh, it's very difficult to tell your story to somebody who does not understand, uh, who really hasn't been through what you've been through and who really doesn't understand the differentiation between, you know, that military presence and that group all for one and one for all. And then going back out into, you know, the real world where, you know, I work here with a team of people, but, um, you know, it, it, you know, I want to be a good teammate to my workers, but my life doesn't depend on me being a good teammate. Right. And it's a totally different situation in, in the non-military world. So what kind of problems do you see people coming and seeking help for? Yes, well, it's, it's um, that transition um, is very important, as you just mentioned, coming out of the military and trying to get acclimated back into your community and back into your family um, can be very stressful. Um, so, yes, that that is a big component, but mainly we are here for that uh, post-traumatic stress, um, and also, you know, the the addressing um, military sexual trauma. Um, we have designed an amazing program specifically addressing that, and we have a specific uh, two-week program for military sexual trauma. We do that 12 times a year, and 12 times a year we do it for combat veterans. Um, so there's so many um, different components to the problems that lie with veterans, and we want to make sure that we are addressing all of them. Let's talk a little bit more about that military sexual trauma. Are you referring to female members of the military who are accosted by their their fellow uh, military people? Are you talking about rape in a situation um, not involving a military person? I mean, or is it, I mean... right. Well, it's not just females. I want to be um, pretty clear of that. It is um, any individual that has, um, you know, uh, has had to deal with military. And it, yes, it is what happens in the military. Um, so we have, as I said, designed this amazing program, and we fly veterans from all over the U.S. Um, into our cohort two-week cohort specifically uh, designed to address military sexual trauma. This is something, and we've talked about this a lot on the Mary Griffith Show, is, and you're not even government funded, so this is a strange question to ask you, but you are the mother, a gold star mother. Is our government doing enough? We talk a big show about how we want to help our veterans, how we all are for Mm -hmm. our veterans, 
Let's stand and salute mm-hmm. the flag and be for our veterans. But when mm-hmm. the day-to-day comes, <laughs> you know, we have a veteran's home right here in Quincy, and it's like, you know, they have to take up a uh, collection so that people can, you know, have slippers to wear and, you know, get a Christmas present and, you know, maybe even have mm-hmm. hygiene products. And so you start to think, well, you know, that's great that people want to give to that, but shouldn't that be something that is guaranteed so what are your thoughts on how our government is doing in relationship to taking care of veterans? Well, I can start out by saying this, okay? The Road Home Program opened up its doors in 2014 to fill in these gaps, okay, in mental health. So right there, it can tell you, I don't think our government is doing enough if we're, you know, looking for funding to opening up these um, other mental health resources. Um, We open because it's needed, um, desperately needed. So like in anything, like you said, we're doing um, drives for coats and toiletries and other things. Um, I think our government can always do better when it comes to our veterans. Um, and, you know, there this um, incredible need, as you just pointed out, even for the simple basic life uh, needs, uh, we don't think should be there. Um, but thank God for the goodness of um, human kind um, that we all do our best to make sure that veterans, um, especially around this holiday, season um have have something well we would love for you to come to quincy bringing the chicago bears with you please um <laughs> you can come and we've got a brand new uh all our veterans home down here in quincy is being reconstructed uh we've got a special unit now for alzheimer's we, we're really trying to do we have a va unit now here in quincy uh i think that we're getting a lot of attention here in quincy a lot of uh, greasy wheels are squeaking and they got a little grease put on them, so we're thankful for that. Before I let you go, because I must let you go, I want to repeat that phone number again. Tell me if I've got it right. 312-942-8387. Okay. You've got that right, Mary, and I appreciate that. And um, everyone out there, um, I think, knows some veteran or family member that could use our help. Um, and so I ask that everybody, you know, share that phone number. And I just so appreciate this time with you. And, Richard, I'm going to keep my promise and get down to Quincy. <laughs> well, come with the Chicago Bear, please. I will. I will try. I don't care. I don't care which one. Any, any old bear will do. My husband just has to, has to meet a bear. Uh, that's all we ask. That's all we ask. It's the ro- right. And know that the Chicago Bears do good stuff for veterans. So that that is so true. The RoadHomeProgram.org. The RoadHomeProgram.org. Uh, when you help with the Wounded Warrior Project, uh, this they get funding from this. This is fantastic. Thank you again to Modi Lavin. What a name! A nice Gaelic girl, an Irish it- miss. I'm like, I didn't realize you were coming on. And so usually I, I have Richard booked. I'm like, who is this person trying to hone in on the Mary Griffith show? We don't have time for her. We have time for Richard only. So I'm very glad we got that settled. Thank you so much, Modi Lavin, a gold star mother. The roadhomeprogram.org. Find out more about it. And you and your family members of veterans are eligible for that. We'll return in just a moment. More with Richard Elson Peter. But first, we have to head up. 
to the Ursa Farmers Cooperative. This report brought to you by Centuro. Okay, thank you, Modi. We are back at 944. Richard Elson Peter is here with Tri-State Veterans Support and together with Tri-State Veterans. And we just finished a conversation with a Gold Star mother. She lost her son, Corporal Connor Lowry, in Afghanistan in 2012. And now Modi Lavin in Chicago is devoting her life to helping veterans and their families get home, emotionally home, with the Road Home Program at Rush University, roadhomeprogram.org. It's available uh, with a virtual telehealth on a weekly consultation, or you can go and have a two-week intensive program there in Effingham or in Chicago uh, free of charge. And uh, thank you to everyone who makes that happen. The Invisible Wounds of War. Uh, we talk a lot about that, Richard Elson Peter, and, uh, of course, this Christmas holiday time it is, is uh, somewhat, it can be disturbing for people. Number one, if they're active duty, they may be away from their families, and that causes some turmoil and emotions. And if they've just returned, they may be back with their family and really struggling with, you know, maybe the crass commercialism or the hustle and bustle, and they just want to detox, relax, and enjoy the season. But there's a lot of pressure put on people this time of year. So let's talk about some things that are going on in our local area that might help people survive the holidays. (laughs) Well, I tell you, there are some wonderful, great things that have, uh, will, and will continue. Uh, After all, we did have the Veterans Resource Fair last month. Uh, we worked with um, some of the comedy groups, uh, had comedy, uh, the Thank the American Great program in November. Uh, we have, you know, worked with them on that. So there's a lot of great things that are, we're working on, and I know there's going to be some great things in the future that we're going to be working on. You so. mentioned the uh, resource fair. How was that attended? And the, I mean, numbers don't tell the whole story, because if you help one or two people, you've helped reach somebody who was not reached. But I'm always worried that these resource fairs, are they really that well attended, or are people still reluctant to go and ask for help? Yeah. Sometimes numbers can be de- uh, deceiving. After all, as I've said before, you can be, be in a room by yourself and not be lonely. Or I have been in a room with a thousand people and felt completely lonely you know, with it. So we don't necessarily go by numbers, but this is our fourth year. Uh, first year, we had very sparse attendance. Uh, we only had a couple of people show up to that. That's when we had it at the 126 National Guard Armory. Uh, next year, we double that. The next year, the third year, we um, probably went up into the teens and you know had about 20. And last year, we had probably about um, 70 people that wow. showed up for it. So it's, the numbers are growing. So if you just look at 70 people, ooh, big deal. Um, but... It takes a while to get these things built. It takes a little while to get them to um, grow. And we have had veterans that are now coming back on an annual basis to this. And we, what we're trying to do is find out from our vendors, uh, you know, who, you know, what their feelings are. So, as you said, if we can help one or two veterans, we've done our job. So, when whenever we talk to our vendors about the Veterans Resource Fair and who they've talked to, they all were ecstatic with the number of people that came in, the number of people they talked to, the number of referrals they could, you know, refer people out to. Uh, and they, so all of our vendors were very, very happy with the attendance. And says, so they are, I have never had a vendor that says, 
eh, I don't want to come back next year. We always have, you know, we max the um, capacity as far as the um, room goes. Down at the Crockston, I believe they can hold 37 tables, and I think we had a little over about, <laughs> we shoved 39 tables in. <laughs> you know, so. So uh, you're really trying to help people, and it just, it has to be a drum that keeps beating. Yeah. And uh, that's why we have you on once a month. And I hope we're going to continue next year. <laughs> I, uh, I already have my list of um, people that good. I want to attend. Because, so. you know, this is so critically important. And the problem with any mental health service, now we're talking about very specific to veterans, but let's talk about any mental health service. By the time you admit or come to the realization, because I have someone who has suffered with some mental illness, by the time you come to the realization you need help, course you want help within the next five minutes well you should have asked for that five months ago but you wait till you get into a crisis mode this is not uncommon uh not at all i mean especially among men and some women they will not go to the doctor until the lump starts to grow i mean you know it's like well i i feel fine what do i need a physical for and then suddenly there's a bulge and they're like oh well, let's see if it gets bigger. And a year well, later, they finally go and get it. You know, yeah, well, well, the same thing is I, happening. Yeah, yeah the uh, same thing is ha- kind of happening with our mental health. And so we we need to access resources sooner. We need to look for the signs in people we love that they need mental health help. Again, one of my favorite shows in all the world is Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> and I watched a few of those episodes this weekend. And it's just amazing to me. You know, a guy goes, well, I've had this bump on my head for four years. And it's the size of like a football, you know, growing out of his head. And, you know, she cuts it off in two minutes. And it's like, what, you know. It'll be fine. It'll it'll go away. Well, you know, and it's always amazing to me. The one lady said, I've had this condition for seven years and it's turned me into a hermit. And in seven minutes, she gave me my life back. You can't even tell that I ever had this affliction. So. I think that sometimes physically we we think, oh, there's an easy cure for that. Just cut that out or do whatever. But when it comes to our mental health, <laughs> it's a little bit more complex than that. Yeah, so many times, and we, we have talked and hit on this point multiple times, but it is still something that needs to be said. So many times the veteran mentality is I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm strong, I can take it, I can hack it. So as veterans... We don't want to be the weak link. We don't want to think that we are, there's something wrong. We can strong, we can take it, we can hack it. Uh, so trying to get through to them, saying that it's okay not to be okay, it's all right to seek help, uh, is critical. And so many times those same veterans uh, will not want to seek help or go to the VA and sign up because they're like, ah, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. I don't want to clog the system up with somebody, you know, from somebody that needs it more than I do. So that's that veteran mentality again of take care of my brothers first. I can wait. You know, I can do, you know, I'm okay. I can wait. Let somebody else have that appointment before me. So it is, again, one of those things to relay or let the veterans know that it's all right not to be all right. It's all right to seek help and you earned this. You know, it's not it's not charity we're giving them. We're not giving them anything. These are things that they fought and earned and they deserve. So if they need assistance, go make the appointment. Go and seek, you know, 
see what you are eligible for. The Veterans Resource Fair, that's a great place for veterans. In a non-threatening, you know, they can just kind of walk in, walk around, look at the different services. And we highly encourage our veteran service organizations, the American Legions, the VFWs, the Marine Corps Leagues, uh, you know, the Purple Heart Society, all to come be a part of that Veterans Resource Fair to let veterans know that they are there for them and that, you know, why, you know, why should they join you know, right. The American Legion. Why the, should the they be a part of The advocacy that is there and the camaraderie that is there. Yeah, it's more than a club. It's more than a place to go and have a cheap beer and, you know, uh, play darts. There is an importance to it. And we last month you had somebody on talking about how critically important it is for uh, service members, men and women, to join these clubs because they have a great lobbying voice in Congress and in our state and mm-hmm. that is where some of these dollars will be spent. What is coming up? Anything coming up on the horizon here real quick that we need to promote? I mean, <laughs> the problem with this time of year is it's it's clinically proven. We just had a story mm-hmm. this morning. This is the highest propensity to have a heart attack in December and January. It's also January and February, the highest propensities for suicide attempts. Yet this is the time of year when everybody's busy doing something else, and we often let these things fall by the wayside. My brother-in-law was just in the hospital with a heart attack. Said so just he's a couple early. of days ago. Did you tell him he's early? <laughs> he's <laughs> he, an overachiever, right? He couldn't wait till the end of December. Uh, well, the, the, the traditional male, he is a contractor. He was at a work site. Uh, he was getting later in the day, and he started having some chest pains. Uh, but he says, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. A little heartburn. Uh, but my workspace is a mess, and I can't leave this mess for the homeowner. So he says, I will go seek medical care after I get everything picked up. Um, and it almost cost him his life. Yeah. Because on the way you know, to seek medical help, he had to stop and call 911. Uh, and they sent the ambulance out to pick him up. But it was just that same type of mentality is like, I'm okay, I'm okay. you know. And, so, and i got to pick this. You know, I can't leave this well, mess. Well, sure. Nobody wants their... So now if you're a contractor out there and you think you might have a heart problem, clean as you go. Because you might. And the other thing he did, and we'll, we'll, we'll blame him, we'll, we'll put him under the microscope. When you think you're having a heart problem, call the ambulance. Don't drive yourself to the hospital because the minute the ambulance arrives, they can give you the life-giving care that you mm-hmm. need, and, and it, it saves you the time. Uh, the ambulance is not just transportation. The ambulance is also Treatment. So get that treatment yeah. as quickly as possible. I am very proud to announce that we, the uh, Adams County VAC, Veterans Assistant Commission, uh, is moving along. We are progressing with that. So it says it was approved, uh, unanimously approved through the county board, through both first and second reading. It was approved for that. We will be fully funded uh, January 1st with that. Uh, we have gone through and hired our first superintendent. Uh, with that, so and we're who is that? Paul Havermill. We did oh, how Paul, delightful! You know, to um, be the first superintendent for that. Um, we had some wonderful, wonderful applications for that. Uh, we nominated. Uh, we took all of the applications. We looked through the um, applications. We reached out to three of the individuals uh, to come in and be interviewed for that. And it was a very, very hard decision uh, on who we wanted to hire for that, um, but. We hired um, Paul to be our first superintendent, uh, and he will 
officially be on board January 1st. But as we told him, he says, Rich, when, when do I start? He says, Paul, you have started. You know, you're just not going to get paid for it until January. So, so what, what does Paul Habermill bring to the table? Um, he brings in, he is a uh, Air Force veteran. He has a lot of uh, networks. You know, uh, he knows a lot of people. He's worked with both city and county governments with it, so he has a lot of contacts with that. Uh, he knows a lot of people with that. He is very passionate, and that's one of the things we looked at is not just somebody that had knowledge and you know experience, uh, our high levels of you know this, but we were looking at somebody that had passion, that was willing to work and do the job and know that this is not a nine to five. This is not going to be something that's going to somebody's going to work on and just be able to come in at nine, leave at five, and then close the doors. He knows he's going to be working nights, weekends, holidays, you know, things with that. So, Okay, Paul Havermail, the first superintendent of VAC, the Veterans Assistance Committee, right? Commission. Commission. Mm-hmm. Veterans Assistance Commission. Congratulations to Paul Havermail. We're out of time for today. Merry Christmas to you. Well, Merry Christmas, Mary. Thank you very much.